Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's time for our bi-weekly economic report with our expert, Bob Kudla. And we're going to be talking about, well, we're going to be all over the globe. Uh, focus mostly on the United States economic conditions, but international conditions are certainly affecting us. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some alliances, uh, what the Fed's doing, and uh, what's going on illness-wise inside of China and how it's uh, seemingly going to affect our supply chain. Bob, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could join us. Uh, Dave, thanks for having me. Well, my gosh, there's so much going on. I just want to say this. I know we talked in our pre-air discussion about Germany and Russia, and I think I want to start there. I actually predicted in 2014 that Germany would one day leave NATO because Russia controlled their home heating oil. It, it, was that a valid concern then, and is that manifesting now? Yeah, it's always been my fear that the the, the only alliance that I think could actually um, rival the United States is if Germany and Russia decided to uh, to to align themselves. And Russia has the resources, Germany has the technology. They both need each other. And um, and now, if you notice the. Uh, uh, Everything the Biden administration asked of Germany, they, they rejected out of hand 180. Sure. They approved Nord Stream 2. The German naval commander said, hey, Russia just looking for some respect. And oh, by the way, Ukraine is half Russian anyway, so it's inevitable that the eastern part of Ukraine is going to go back to Russia. Uh, Crimea is Russian ports. It's suicide to think that we're going to be able to stop that. And then you have, um, they canceled uh, uh, a liquefied natural gas port for American natural gas into Germany. And Germans invited Russia to join NATO. <laughs> oh my gosh. So all this is all in the last week. And so it's, uh, it's 180 of everything the Biden administration wants. I mean, uh, and you, you, you can't have, we can't have an attack on Ukraine without Germany because most of our supply depots and bases are in Germany and the Germans could just simply refuse, you know, just like we also, somebody also stopped overflight over, over, uh, territorial overflights too, to the United States in Europe. So there's, there's, um, look, there's growing consensus that, uh, what Europe needs versus what United States wants are now diverging. And, you know, for me, you know, I've always been like, look, let these guys have at it. We've been dragged into these European wars now for over a hundred years. Let the let 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 Germany and France and Russia and Middle East all blow themselves up. We can sit back on the sidelines. Look, we can control the Western Hemisphere, and we'll be very 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 profitable and prosperous. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm afraid it would spread. Let me throw one thing I didn't bring up in our pre-air discussion. Um, there's pretty good data, and I'm and I'm I'm reasonably sure. Actually, I'm more than reasonably sure. I'm absolutely sure that the Iranians, the Chinese, and the Russians are doing a joint naval war drill in the Indian Ocean. This is this is the third of three days. Yeah. How do yeah. you read? I'm sure you've heard of that, but how do you read that? Well, I did, look. I think a lot of that's optics. Neither of those three navies could compete with the the United the British Navy for that matter, 
let alone the United States Navy, let alone the United States, British and Indian Navy. So I think it's all just optics. You know, they can't protect the supply lines to China. You know, so it's just it's just games. Yeah, I thought maybe it was to keep India in check because of the location. No, I, in fact, I, where I live, there's a lot of Indian Americans and um, pretty, I would say, they're all executives, so they're all pretty tight and everything. They they think China's a joke. And and if India ever got mad enough, uh, India could control China. So then I don't think the Indians are worried at all about China. And plus, where's China's bases, right? India has, India, their whole country is a naval base. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's that's actually comforting because would you agree India has drifted towards the sphere of influence under the U.S.? Yeah, we're natural allies. Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah, we're natural allies. That's why I wonder why we're, we're still screwing around with Russia because um, I think Russia is a natural ally of the United States. It's just not a natural ally of the Democratic administrations. Or you whatever. just nailed it. I'm telling you, I said from the beginning that when the Russian collusion hoax started, I said this is to keep Putin and Trump from forming an alliance. Yeah, and now Germany's forms an alliance. You know, the Indians buy a lot of weaponry from Russia. So, it, you know, it's just, just uh, um, I don't understand. The Democrats can't explain to me what what the issue is, you know. And look, from a polling standpoint, the American people are like, no moss. Yes. Okay. And so if they go in there and they start, Americans start coming home in body bags, you could, you could kiss the Democratic majority goodbye for a generation. So I don't really understand what they're trying to do here. My only view is that we're, they're knee-deep in Russian corrupt, I mean Ukrainian corruption, and they're knee-deep in Chinese corruption. So they only have one, they only have one evil person to go after in Russia. That's my only view. Interesting. So you think Russia would leverage the corruption to their benefit and to the American Democratic Party? Um, well, they already know it. I'm sure they'll try to expose it too. Yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. it's already trolling. You know, he's trolling. He's trolling the Ukrainians, saying, "Hey, the, the Americans are going to protect you like they protected the Afghani people." I mean, it's really funny, actually. You know, um, and and look at look at the look at what Biden said last week in a moment of of clarity in his mental fog. He just said, well, a small incursion's okay. <laughs> so, I mean, Ukrainians about blanched when they heard that. Yeah. In other words, there's wiggle room there for Putin, and he just gave him the signal, go ahead, you can do some things. Yeah, and I don't think he wanted to give the signal. I just think it came out of it. It was a brain fart that, that popped out before they could tie it back in. So... Yeah. They you know, sure scrambled in the aftermath. His uh, handlers were in the media like people I never heard of were speaking to the media well this is what he really meant to say yeah he wasn't listening to what was being whispered in his ear he, there was a moment of truth that popped out you know you think with his mental condition they would just say here's the paper Joe sign here and not tell him anything you know they, they can but the, people need to see him so um, but you know it, it you know be that as it may um, I, I just can't see us. I mean, if we did it, it's just going to be a nightmare. I mean, a nightmare. You know, every Democratic congressman and senator would be at, at, under election would be at risk. Well, I think they already are. Yeah. So, I mean, acute risk. Yeah. This is why I think Cinema and Mansion are taking the chances they're taking 
Um, first of all, because Manchin needs the support of the energy industry where he's from in West Virginia, and Cinema is the is a blue senator in largely a red state. So she's walking a fine line there too, and I think she can survive. We talked before we went on. In case the nation is not heard, the Democratic Party has censured um, Kirsten Cinema for uh, not voting for democracy. That's their official quote. Um, actually, it's not voting for the changing of the rules so the Democrats can get their way. Yeah, yeah. So she, um, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty stupid because, you know, if, if they piss her off enough, she'll just say, fine, if I'm not a Democrat, I guess I'm a Republican. And the next thing you know, Mitch McConnell owns the Senate and he'll be dragging meetings after meetings after meetings. So um, I just think, I just think these people are so narcissistic and, you know, that they think they could beat these people into submission. Joe Manchin had a very eloquent speech. He said the Senate always had these rules, you know, and uh, so this is not like something was made up. And, and he's the, you know, look, he's the only Democrat in a Republican state left. And the only reason why he got voted in was because he was a fairly popular governor. So, so it's, um, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're basically, they're not going to go Republican because they're sitting in a cat's bird seat a little bit. They think they could probably squeeze some things for their states, but push comes to shove, you know, uh, they'll be in the Republican caucus, you know? I, I want to run something by you along these lines. If the voters change the majority party in both the house and the Senate, I'm wondering if it's not likely that they'll impeach both Biden and Harris for uh, willful neglect at the border, and uh, then Kevin McCarthy would be the presumed Speaker of the House, and he'd become the president. Yeah, but you have to get a two-thirds vote on the Senate for that to happen. So there's no way you're going to get 66 senators to, to allow a Republican president. But I still think they'd probably do an impeachment to make oh, a statement. I think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're going to do impeachment just so they can, they can just do a little bit of payback. I don't want to go after Harris so much because she's such a Dumbledore that, you know, they get, you know Biden can't handle the pressure. Look, they can just drag Biden in there. To, hey, Biden, why don't you speak? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, um, 25th Amendment for him. And remember, Harris is in charge of the border, so hang her with the willful neglect for Article 42 he, he, at the border. Well, you just you have to do one after the other. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just dreaming. That's hopeful, hopeful wishing here on my part. But, but yeah, uh, and you have to be careful because I, I think the whole thing is is I think people are just tired of this period. So if the Republicans spend all their time doing that crap versus trying to just get power, you know, they mean, and that's what I think that's what Trump has to be very very careful. Because, you know, if the American people perceive that he's just going to go out on a revenge mission, you know, um, you know, you got DeSantis sitting out there in the wings, okay? Well, the Democrats are doing their darndest to go after Trump for January 6th to try to get him disqualified as being a candidate. And I just saw a poll the other day, and it's from largely Democratic organizations. Three different polls are saying about the same thing that um, Trump beats Biden by eight points and he beats Hillary by 12 points. Yeah, it just depends on what states he beats him by these points. That's true. That's a good point. That's an outstanding point because those six swing states come back into play, don't they? 
Yeah, I mean they're there, you know. So that's that. All that matters is the same states over and over again. So, um, so yeah. So they have to be careful with that. And and uh, look, Trump. They're also trying to get Trump in New York under for fraud too, you know. But I noticed the Department of Justice is not engaging in this though, because it's so overtly political. But it doesn't matter, you know. You know, if they take Trump up, DeSantis is going to win. So either way, they're screwed in twenty twenty four, and they can't fix this. You know, you and I were talking before. We got embedded inflation now, and what I call it, we have embedded taxation inflation now because oil is not inflationary. Oil is a tax, and and um, oil now is serving as the the basically the check. On, on uncontrolled government spending because uh, the oil markets are not, we don't control them anymore. And as oil prices go up, oil prices and food prices are the two things the Fed can't control. And even if they try to kill the economy to bring oil down, they risk a depression just to bring oil prices down. So so they're kind of stuck. And, and so, you know, the Biden administration is screaming about inflation, but there's inflation in four areas or price increases I should say that they can't control and we talked about this before food prices are out of their hands oil prices are out of their hands rents are out of their hands and health care is out of their hands you know maybe marginally they can mess around with uh, with with you know raising mortgage rates but look out here in California people are buying these houses with cash Dave they're not taking mortgages so they don't care if they if they raise the interest rates to ten percent. They're, mm-hmm. they're cash buyers. In my neighborhood, you know, homes that are going for one and a half to two million dollars, these are cash buyers. These are guys that are rolling out of the Bay Area, taking their um, stock gains and just coming down here and buying these homes for cash. Cash. You know, I have a friend who who's done extremely well in a certain industry. And he just took on a basically sold majority stake of his company, and he's going to buy a nine million dollar home on the coast in 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 Southern California. So, you know, so there's uh there's people that are just doing really a uh, cash, okay? <laughs> yeah. Cash. So they don't care about mortgage rates, you know, and and so there's so the Fed is really stuck. And, and, you know, so the more they allow the, the, the spending to happen, the higher inflation goes for the common folk. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be really problematic for, for the, for the Democrats and they have nobody to blame but themselves, you know, and I don't know why they're not fixing the supply chain because that'll bring inflation down. They're, they're not touching it. You and I talked before, remember pre-mark, pre, our pre-call here, you said they just don't care. And it's just baffling to me why they're so indifferent to the American people, either they think they got the best scam going and we just don't know it yet, or they're just typically in religious fervor right now and they're about ready to run, you know, run off the temple cliff, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's it remind me of an athletic team that just had a major upset in 2020 and they're mistakenly believing every opponent's going to bow down and kiss the ring and they'll just roll right over them. That's what I think the arrogance is about. I yeah. think they're caught up in their own glory. I wanted to ask you about the M1 money supply. And I've seen the recent charts. And, and under this president, for one year, the M1 money supply has just exponentially increased. 
And so as I've looked into it and I've read what other people said, and I wanted to get your reaction to this, if they stop printing the money, the economy will collapse. But if they keep printing the money, we'll have hyperinflation. And the what I've seen people say is there's no way out. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. And I, I just want to get to terms right. America can't have hyperinflation because we're the reserve currency. So, But we can have stagflation. And there's a difference. Hyperinflation is when you don't want the currency at all. Stagflation is that you have low growth and high inflation. And, and so that's the... Um, that's where I think we're going to go with this. And yeah, I agree with you. They can't thread the needle anymore. Look, there's only the only prescription that works and it's not going to happen is that you have to massively raise taxes on the wealthy and still spend. OK, um, so that you can uh, you can you can balance it out. And that's not going to happen. That's the only prescription in this environment that we're because if you raise interest rates, you just kill everybody yeah. you, you literally have to unlock basically what's happened here is that all the money went to the wealthy and that, that money's that money is basically uh, there's no velocity to that money so the only way to get the velocity to that money is you got to unlock it and spend it you know at the same time you got to get people out of debt so that's that's really the only proscription that has a chance of working at this point but there's it's simply not going to happen what about the uh, war in Ukraine? Wouldn't that uh, help some of the, uh, that would solve the spending problem, certainly. And we know that war has taken the nation out of depression once before. Well, actually, um, it, what they did between the depression and World War II is World War II, they, they basically suppressed, they suppressed consumption, Dave. Okay. And then they, they ramped up work. And so people had this massive amount of savings after World War II. But people don't realize that, you know, in 1946, 1945 to 1946, we had a recession. So, um, so you know, it's, it's kind of ironic. Yeah, look, and the spending is going to be in Ukraine. We're not spending the money here, you know. We already have almost an $800 billion defense budget. I mean, how much more are they going to ramp it up? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I look, I just think they're... They took all the easy answers off the table, and and now they have to deal with it. And so, um, I look, the Fed's going to opt for inflation over depression every day of the week. They can't fix depression, okay? So, they're going to keep trying to boil the frog here, I think. Yeah, but here's the concern I have. I see no concessions to the reality of our economy from the Democratic Party. It has to be imposed upon them. Nobody ever wants to do the right thing. It has to be imposed upon them. Well, the right thing would be to reinstate the pipelines they shut down and wait 18 months for the situation to correct where we become energy independent again. Look, Trump had the right formula, bring, bring uh, production back home, increase ener energy independence here, food independence here, and and reform government and that was the right thing to do but mm -hmm. they didn't, uh um they blew that whole thing up and now that's why we're, we're in the situation we're in today yeah uh, i was reading that even if we went back and reopened keystone and and didn't mess with north shore alaskan oil and so forth it would still take 18 months to reverse what we've done do you agree with yeah. that yeah they've actually started increasing production believe it or not but 
you know, it, but I agree with you. It's probably two years at this point. My God. I mean, this is the most incompetent leadership I have ever seen, ever, ever. Bob, my one of my two undergraduate degrees was in history. I taught it for a number of years, and I learned it well. And I got to tell you, I look at all the past presidents, I would be hard-pressed to find a more incompetent one than the one we've got. Yeah, and look, we're dealing with dealing. He's a figurehead. The people underneath are the true believers. Okay, so they're they, they're thinking that they're going to create this massive new worldwide technocratically led, you know, world world government, and and so that's the people that are running our country right now. And so, look, they're true believers. You know, they you know they're they're waiting for. Uh, they're waiting for their Messiah and, uh, you know, build back better, right? Great reset. You know, that, that, that's their mantra. That's the, those are the hymns they're singing every Sunday. And so that's what we're dealing with here. And, and, uh, so they don't listen to reason whatsoever. Look, and their government first government, always government only, you know, in terms of their, uh, their viewpoint, you can just see how they just decided to treat the, uh, the last two years, right? You know, it's my way or the highway on everything. And, you know, it's very centralized. It's very, very, you know, bludgeoned hammer kind of approach. And it, it doesn't work, but it doesn't matter anymore. They, you know, we're going to have to live with this until the election, until there could be some sanity imposed upon the Biden administration, because they're just going to keep doubling down and tripling down and quadrupling down you know, unless something seriously breaks. And and I think, well, look at the stock market. Stock market's telling them that it's seriously breaking right now. Yeah, well, when Biden went to Atlanta and made his uh, very offensive speech, a lot of the Georgia Democrats didn't even bother to show up, like Stacey Abrams. She snubbed him. They, yeah. don't, want, they don't want to come within 10 miles of Biden or Harris. He's radioactive. Yeah. Well, you think they'd get a message that when your own people are turning their back on you, it's time for a course correction. Yeah, but you look look at the speech he just gave. He he he's bragging about things that have never been better in this country. See, they're so caught up. Everything they do, Dave, is, is with the lens of politics, right? So you can never admit defeat. You can never admit you're wrong because they know it's going to be on a attack ad the next day. And the thing is, they've created this in, this toxic environment in which they now are living in. So, so this is the problem: is that they've created this environment, and and now they're trapped in its own web. So they can't unwind it. And you know, and, and look, the American people just don't believe them. They don't believe them on the virus. They don't believe them on climate change. They don't believe them on economic policy. They don't believe them on race relations. You name it, they don't believe them on anything. That's true, even when things are valid from their point of view. I'll give you an example. I'm an environmentalist, but I'm an environmentalist based on scientific data, not based on whim and emotion. But but they're actually hurting themselves by losing credibility in so many areas. And the virus clearly was extremely dangerous for people 65 and over who had comorbid conditions. But when you keep flip-flopping and the people need a scorecard to keep track of where they're at uh, and you get this inconsistent leadership, you get an erosion of confidence. And that's what's happened. 
Yeah, because look, they this was never about the virus. This was always about take you know the Rahm Emanuel approach, right? Yeah, that's true. So this was always about yeah, yeah. I hear you. Always right, pushing pushing an agenda for continued control, and also this was an experiment to see how how compliant the population is. Well, in the blue cities, they did things, and we can't really go here because of our community guidelines, but. Just to say this, in the blue cities, the some of the things that were done had nothing to do with anything scientific. It was all political. In other areas across the country, I think a lot of people uh, made good faith decisions. Some worked, some didn't work, as, as you would expect in a novel situation. Um, I don't put one blanket on the whole thing, but I, I will tell you this. The American people don't believe anything coming out of their mouth. We could have the worst thing happen. An asteroid could be three days away from the United States, and I think people would doubt this administration. I mean, we could be looking at a near-Earth impact. I mean, and, 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 and I don't think that people would believe them. They don't believe about anything. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I just, it's, it's absolutely insane that the erosion of confidence... Um, but I, I will tell you this too. I, 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 I'm hearing from the military um, how discouraged and demoralized they are because of what happened in Afghanistan. Nothing else, nothing else, just Afghanistan. And I've heard, why should we believe anything these people say? And the fact that Biden controls the Joint Chiefs makes them even more disillusioned. And I'm hearing that it's expected that we may have a draft because so many people are going to leave the military. Do you think that's a, a possibility? Well, they chased out people already. Well, forcefully, yeah, because of mandates. But with regard to people willingly not coming back in, if the, the term of service is over, uh, if they're 24 years in, they'll collect their retirement and go, uh, that kind of thing. I mean, I think you got 16-year people that will stay, 14-year people that will stay to get the retirement. But... I think at the end of the day, what I'm hearing is the rank and file wants to is looking for ways out. Yeah, look, and if they start killing people, they will because nobody look. They don't understand this war, and it's one thing fighting the Russians versus fighting the Iraqi army. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Um, and also, too, do the do you think Ukraine comes into play with regard to military strategy in terms of you you really should not invade Russia because they know how to use the geographic length of their country between cities and the weather to their advantage? Does Ukraine, yeah, fact, does look, Ukraine factor into that? Well, you know, the United States is not going to put troops on the ground there. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we could put a million troops in there and still be absorbed, right? So I don't think it has anything to do with... with uh, um, with that, look, I, I, I think they they think they could bloody Russia's nose, but I think our nose is more sensitive than the Russians. I don't think the Russians care if we kill 10,000 of their people. You know what I mean? But the American people would care deeply if they kill 10,000 of ours. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, along those lines, there's something else that really bothers me. And, and I remember as a young kid, really young kid, they used to have these yellow triangles, and it was called civil defense something. And they would occasionally have a drill where you would, if you were in a downtown area, you'd go into the bottom of a building to survive a nuclear attack. Schools used to have the drills. 
Now we do nothing. The Russians have put 40 million of their citizens inside of enclaves and mountains in an attempt to survive a nuclear attack. At least they're trying. I mean, this is what bothers me. Putin does more for his people to protect him, and we're doing nothing. Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah. Look, I know, I know. It's just frustrating because we have a non-responsive government, you know. So, um, but I, you know, I, I don't, I just don't know. I look, he's going to take half of Ukraine. That's that's a done deal, you know. He's he's already now kind of controlling inside of Kazakhstan. That's a done deal. You know, um, but Russia has more to worry about than us because, you know, the, the, the Turks are pissed now. You know, there's a lot of Turkish and Muslims speaking people under Russia's thumb now. So, you know, you know, Russia has an ethnic problem just like the Chinese do too. So it, it, these things are complicated. I just don't know. I just don't understand our game. You know, um, they can't explain what our national interest is other than Russia bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Ukraine. Tell me what significance Ukraine holds for us. Yeah. Is there one? But I can't think of one. No, there's nothing Ukraine has that that would affect the United States strategically. I mean, it does look to me, and Putin doesn't use the term, but it looks to me, Kazakhstan and now Ukraine, it looks like he's trying to reconstruct, at least through satellite states, the old Soviet empire. Uh, you can call it Mother Russia all you want, but it's still the reconstruction of the Soviet Empire. But why would that matter to us? I mean, the I just don't see the, the value in why we need to keep Russia out of Ukraine. I don't know why we went in with the CIA in 2014 and caused a regime change that was anti-Russia. Well, I, I don't I don't understand that Russia has what we need. So I don't, yeah. I don't get it. They, they have they have strategic metals that we absolutely need. So I don't know if it's if this is because it threatens the petrodollar, you know, and and then I, by that threatens the U.S. reserve currency. I'm not really sure, you know. They don't really share with you what they really really fear. So, so I don't understand. Is it always to have a boogeyman, you know? And since they're co-opted with China, Russia is the only one left. You know, there's just a lot of things I don't understand. Well, here's, yep. some, here's something else I don't understand either. Zelensky has, the president of uh, Ukraine has come out twice and begged Biden to impose painful sanctions on Russia that will make them stop or at least reconsider what they're doing. And Biden has ignored him. And, that, and also add to that, we haven't had an ambassador in Ukraine since Biden took over. It looks to me like he's not interested in negotiation or a peaceful solution. There's only one answer here. Let Russia start it, and then we'll get involved in the war that they want. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I think he, look, <laughs> what does the little guy care if the big guy gets bloody protecting him, right? So yeah. he, he has nothing to lose in this situation. Yeah, I just, like I said, jackass leadership. That's yeah. the only, only term, I mean, really, like I said, my experience in history just says this is the worst we have ever had. And add to that, we got absolute freaking nutcases trying to ruin kids in schools. And you go on and on about that as well, too. And you got an attorney general that makes money on critical race theory through panorama education. I mean, it just, the whole thing just stinks to high heaven. And um, I don't know. I look at January 6th, too, as a Reichstag fire. Um, yeah. You know, it was a riot. 
there was some vandalism. People should be prosecuted. They shouldn't be held in prison for 10 months and not got, gotten a trial yet. Um, that's wrong under our system. But, but uh, they're now bootstrapping everywhere. I've, I've got a personal friend who, because he got a text from someone who is part of the indicted 11 from the Oath Keepers for January 6th, they now want to come and, and, and pester him. Why? Because he got a text? He didn't even answer the text. I've seen the communication stream. And, and so why would you have to talk to someone because you got a text? It's ridiculous. And by yeah. the way, the text had nothing to do with storming the Capitol uh, in Washington, D.C. Look, you know, that it's, these people are feeling threatened. You, you, need, you need to stay away from a cornered badger. Yeah, I hear you. Well, when we look at all these things adding up um, uh, to economy, because that's where we're going to land on the important square here with all these uh, political offense, um, I'm concerned as a citizen with the M1 money supply and what that entails and and your explanation of um, it won't be hyperinflation, it'll be stagflation, that still does not mitigate my concern. That is the bank a safe place for your money? I see my savings being eroded. I look at the banks as an increasingly an unsafe place. Um, Tell me, tell me what you see the state of banking, safety of deposits, and so forth is. Well, look, the banks are, the banks are fine, so that's not an issue with the banks at all. They, they, they're, they all the money they have is the, the Fed generated it. They, they're not even lending any money out. They pass it right on back to the Fed or, or to investors. So, the banks are in good shape. It's, it's just the consumer that's going to get absolutely obliterated. Inflation through erosion of your savings, correct? Exactly. And while I'm saving, I mean, people, I don't know how people are going to live. You know, so they're, they're, they're going to be creating these hellscapes for a lot of people. That's where they, the issue, the banks are fine. You know, big corporations are fine. It's just that all the marginal people now are going to just be pushed over the edge. And... Maybe that's what the Democrats are hoping for, so they get more people dependent upon them. But, but we're now over. We're, look, we're on the other side of the hill. So the more they spend, the worse it gets. Okay, that's true. It's kind of like a heroin addiction. You you can't stop because you'll die of withdrawal. But you will die if you continue to take the drug. Exactly. Yeah, I I know. I, I hear you. Well, you know, you've always been a person that. Uh, put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, literally and figuratively. So I'm wondering, you know, you you have this um, um, trading firm, Trade Genius, and I'm wondering how do all these events, particularly with the inflation, embedded inflation, how is this affecting what you guys are doing? You're using this as a barometer, undoubtedly. So what what's happening with Trade Genius? Yeah, so you know, we were short going in when the year started after we take care of the Santa Rally. And, but now, if you know, if you notice the market, I know we're going to be we're posting this the day after we're talking, but the the stock market now is absolutely getting dis, destroyed today. Yes. And and so, um, so now we just have to wait and and buy what we think are going to be good buys coming out of this because these markets tend to snap back really hard here because they're basically trying to they're trying to force the Fed into not raising rates. So, you know, energy is still our number one play, Dave. Energy and food and fertilizer and Trump's company, DWAC. That's, that's where we are and that's where we're sitting. 
and 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 that's where we're going to be uh, adding to our positions because that's that's the macro theme, and and the money's moving in there. Look, oil's hardly down at all. So it's um, that's where the money's going to be made. So that's where we're focusing on. Our algorithms are telling us to buy there, and that's where we're buying. Okay, so let's go through that list again. Yeah, so it's energy, uranium. And by the way, gold's up today. So that tells you everything you need to know about how much they believe the Fed's gonna is going to be hawkish. So, <laughs> look, we're having a transition. So basically, food, energy, fertilizer, uranium, um, so silver and gold should be catching up here soon. That's where the money is going to be made, and also DWAC, Trump's social media company. You think that's going to be a big deal? Which one? DWAC. Yeah, I think I think it's going to probably hit all. Look, they're going to eighty million people are going to go sign up, find out what Trump has to say every day. <laughs> yeah, well, and also too, he got a, a good congressman to quit to manage all this. Yeah, Nunez. In fact, one of my customers is friends with him, so. Um, this great guy, he and and my customers from the Central Valley. Yeah, we lost a good congressman. I, I don't I yeah. don't like that deal. We lost someone we needed in Congress. That's uh, that's really unfortunate. Okay, so you're saying the catastrophes we're seeing, and they're catastrophes for, for a lot of Americans, particularly on fixed income. You're saying this has created a vacuum of opportunity, and that you guys are uh, pursuing uranium and energy and so forth. Absolutely. Okay, well, wouldn't Russia be experiencing something similar now, too? I, I'm looking at... Russia, re- Russia's, Russia's in the catbird seat because they own a, a bunch of commodities. Okay. So then Biden should be behaving himself. Why would you bite the hand that's feeding you? No. It just, it just, it's, it looks all mind-boggling to me. And, you know, even when you and I were growing up and we had the, the, the Cold War, things were very measured. Now everything's hyperbolic, you know. That's true, but in the Cold War, aside from spending ourselves into debt to keep the military-industrial complex happy, uh, in the Cold War, we still had really defined parameters compared to now. You, you yeah, know, I could wake up tomorrow and I'd say the only thing I could say I could count on with the Biden administration is the unpredictability and knee-jerk reactions they engage in. Exactly. It's just, I'm too, like I said, forget Democrat, Republican. I'm just looking at, you get an F, uh, F minus. It's worst I've ever seen. Yeah. And, uh, of course, when you're being managed by people behind the scenes, what do you expect? So tell me, okay, energy. When you say energy, does that break down into specific components where people should be investing? Yeah, that 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 is the place. So... Uh, we're going to be rotating into commodities. We're rotating out of tech, as you can see. It, it's it's basically melting down. I mean, Peloton's down eighty percent. Oh my God! I saw that they're not even producing their bike. Yeah, there's until they, April. They, they have too many in inventory. So, um, yeah, it's a problem. And so people, we have to deal with this this bit of a push down. But you know, these these push downs get snapped back. The Fed's still spending money. So I mean, you're talking about M1. M1's not going down. The Fed balance sheet is not falling. So we can't go into depression that way. It's just, it's just, you just got to follow the money to be able to make money in this environment. 
So you think debt sustainable? Is that what I'm hearing? What is living in debt? Is that sustainable? Better question. Yeah, that's gonna. Yeah, well, it. it uh, y yes and no. I mean, look, prices are going up. It's just going to be. It's just going to be horrible. You know, it's just going to be horrible. We have to see another country break before the United States will break. It's starting. You're starting to see it in Turkey. You're starting to see it in like the peripheral countries. But you need a big country to break, and then that, that sanity is going to come back in. Okay. What do you think about the predictions? The stock market's going to crash. I, I'm not a subscriber to that thinking, but it's out there, Bob. What would you say to that? Oh, well, there's too much money still floating around for it to crash, but we're down 12%. You know, in a get 2% corrections a year. Yeah, but you said it really well, too. People are using cash to buy homes in Southern California, the most expensive market in the country. So when you say money is out there, there's the proof in the pudding right there. Yeah, a lot of money is out there. And, and so a lot of people have a lot of cash and... So that's not really the issue so much. It's really, I, we're going to die from inflation before we die from a market crash. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, okay. Let's say that again because I'm going to write that phrase down and use uh, it. We're going to die from inflation before we die from a market crash. Yeah. Is there any end to inflation? You use the word embedded, so that implies it's permanent. Well, what I mean by, well, permanent is such a, a permanent word. I, this is not easily solved. Is it worse than the Carter years? Uh, we're getting there. Oh my God. I was afraid you were going to say that. <laughs> I really was. Can we survive economically within an environment like that? Uh, well, nobody's going to be able to. It's just, look, we're fundamentally going to change. I just don't know what it's going to look like yet. <clears throat> but the 70s template is the template we need to work work on right now the only flying the ointment is we we didn't have a china back then so i don't know how it's going to look at the end of the day well okay since china supplies so much to us doesn't their market depend on as the u.s goes their their secondary position and supplying us goes to could you repeat that well, in other words china needs us to do well so they can keep supplying us with what makes them money yeah, look, I don't know China's game right now, too, but China's sitting on a lot of cash. They may be. Look, I think China and Russia are trying to see if we break, okay? So China could sit, you know, they could control their people, Russia could control their people, and they're probably going to see how much how much the American people can, can handle here. But then we've talked about this before. The U.S. will be the last to break. Yeah, yeah, but yes and no. Um, we don't know. How, look, we have 20 cities burning down, right? So, you know, I don't know, you know, if, they, if, if Russia gets oil to 150 and China stops delivering us replacement parts, it could get pretty ugly for the United States, don't you think? Yeah, it is. But it's already ugly even without the replacement part shortage. You, you drive by um, these auto lots now, they look like ghost towns. Yeah. And then we said Peloton, they're, they're not manufacturing stuff anymore. They say they're doing a pause. Well, that pause could be more long-term than two months. Well, people don't need their garbage. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't trying to make a judgment on the quality of what they do. 
it's just a major manufacturer like this and a big supplier of fitness equipment uh, pretty amazing I will tell you though if we went into another lockdown they'd be back in business yeah but we're not going the lockdowns are over forever for a generation yeah I think the people would say probably no it'd have to be really bad I think to to justify a lockdown I mean we'd have to have something really virulent like uh, the worst Ebola you could imagine going through our, yeah. uh, you know our country so I, I, I agree with you I think I think the lockdowns are over. What do you, speaking of that? What do you make of uh, of Britain uh, going backwards on all the mandates? Is that because Boris got caught with his hand in the drunken party jar? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, but but whatever they want to do, I think will return in a couple of months once things calm down. But I don't think he's going to survive politically. I no, think he, I think he's probably history. Um, but anyway, I th okay. So let's go to uh, Trade Genius now. Let's let's focus on what you're doing because people um, they'll want to be a part of it, but also too they want to model what you're doing because you've been so successful. Let's start with your success rates for people who may not have listened before. T talk to the audience about uh, your win loss records and, and rate of return and that kind of thing. Yeah, look, I mean, our, we've been very consistent. So, you know, we went to our three trades. Up until last Thursday, we had not a losing day this year. You know, then the market just kind of overwhelmed everybody. And um, and our algorithm uh, works. We've been using it now. This is our seventh year. And it, it detects buying pressure, it detects selling pressure. It helps you to know what range you're in. And, uh, and so... You know, you just simply have to follow these rules. We give you chat rooms, we give you training, we give you the um, we give you the um, indicators to use, we give you the algorithm to use, and then we give you trades every day. So it's a really good package, and um, and so you just have to use one of our our uh, if you want to join us, just use one of our uh, specials that we have right now um, bundles. We have seven of them, sixty five percent off. Or you can use promo code uh, winter and buy anything not bundled in the store. Take 45% off anything non-bundled. And you can go ahead and uh, take advantage of what we have till Saturday. And those are the discounts. But it's a good system. And it's consistent and it works very well. And, you know, we don't promise Lamborghinis, but we promise to help you uh, make money nearly every day in the market. Well, your investor base, is it growing? Your participation? Yeah, yeah, we've been steady growing ever since. We've we've been bigger every month ever since we started. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good indicator itself. Uh, how, you've told me before that Trade Genius does well in times of volatility, similar to what we're in now. Um, why is that true? It's because um, the bigger the swings, the more opportunity you have. So if it's just a small grind, you can get stopped out very easily on trades. But when the moves are big like this, you can make a lot of money before you get stopped out. <clears throat> See, but that's different than a lot of brokers because the bigger the swings, the more they run for cover. Exactly. But we're traders. So um, volatility. Now, that's with a D. Fact. I want to make sure we get that right. Traders, not traitors, which are certainly prevalent in the houses of uh, Congress. But so when you're, you're traders, you're basically just saying we're looking for opportunity. We're not looking to bail. Yeah, exactly. Wow. 
And and just I just wanted to ask you a general question, and, and I don't know if there's even an answer to this. If war does break out, okay, will it be limited enough that the market will react to it but won't crumble? I mean, what will happen in your mind with the market if war breaks out? The market will crash. Because would it, they would, they would it have to be an all-out war? Well, it doesn't matter. Russia's not going to screw around with machine guns. They're going to use strategic weapons. What would you expect to see? Military? Uh, I, I expect to see... I expect to see uh, artillery and rockets that could kill 50 to 100, 200, 500 people at a shot. Okay. I expect to see naval assets in the Black Sea getting obliterated. <clears throat> That's what I expect to see. The American people are going to be shocked. And you don't, you're, you won't get, you won't get increased stock market prices when, when your naval assets are being taken right out by hypersonic missiles in the Black Sea. Okay, so you're look, describing Russia the emotion. Russia of, can't. Russia yeah. can't afford. This is not a game for Russia. It's a game for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so we, you're waving the uh, no war over Ukraine at all costs, right? Yeah, yeah, we're idiots. If we think we're going to go to war, we are absolute idiots. Yeah. So I don't get it. You know. You know, if now look, if Russia put strategic weapons into Mexico, I'd be like, blow those weapons right out of Mexico, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Uh, Russia has threatened to go into Cuba and Venezuela. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll blow those right out of the water. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an empty threat at this point. I think they're just saying, don't screw with us in Ukraine because we'll come in your backyard. And I, I, I think yeah. that's what he was saying, but but and I don't I don't think it's a real threat at this point. I mean, I think the lessons of the Cuban Missile Crisis still apply. He Although do you, do he, he doesn't have they don't have the strategic logistics to to do all that stuff. You know, we could just drive down the road, as you said. You know, Romanian tanks. You know, U.S. tanks in Romania. We just drive down the highway. They have to ship all that stuff there, and then they got to maintain it. Well, they are shipping. We are shipping weapons into the area. Of course, we have to to make good on the bluff, don't we? No, no, we are. But Russia would have to send ships. Oh, I see. Weaponry into the, in our hemisphere. Yeah. And, and you remember, Brazil's a strong ally. You know, Brazil's not going to want Venezuela with strategic weapons. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, Colombia, too. Even though Colombia is not the most stable of all regimes, they have no love for Venezuela. No, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Colombian. I know a lot of Colombian. That is that is amazing. Well, okay, so if we have a war, the market collapses, and would that set off a 1929 cascading of collapsing events like housing and retail and so forth? No, it won't do that. It's just not going to get the stock market to go higher. I think be, the knee-jerk reaction will be down, not up. <laughs> okay. So if that were to happen for you at Trade Genius, that would be the extreme and ultimate in volatility. Could you still profit from that? Oh, yeah. If you, you just have to look at a stock like VXX, and whenever it's spiking like it is now, two weeks later, you'd make a lot of money. So, um, wow. Those are pretty good reasons to get involved. How long has Trade Genius been in, in existence? Since 2015. So we're going on seven years now. Yeah, seven years.
Okay. But I've been trading volatility for years. So, um, but yeah, volatility you can't handle it. It's, it's like buying health hazard insurance for a hurricane dynamically as the hurricanes come into your house. The price of insurance keeps going up, but the minute it turns, you're allowed to sell your insurance back. Well, that's dynamically priced too, so it collapses. So there's um there is um uh there's a method here. So you just let it spike like it is. And there's no news out there. This is all derivative based. So in two weeks, if you're right now, if you're shorting volatility today and tomorrow into the Fed meeting, in two weeks you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of money. And that's all we look for. We just look for those type of opportunities over and over and over. You know? So Well we hear so, there's five entities that control the market. Yeah. Would your kind of approach be considered to be the sixth? You're kind of running against the stream, but you've made it work. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm, I'm if I'm a major entity, but but you know, I feel like I'm a. We like to say we're seagulls just feeding on the fish boil. You yeah, know, no, that makes a lot of sense. See, I love this approach because it's kind of like out of the art of war or what good coaches do that have less talent. You got to prey upon the weaknesses that you find. Uh, the volatility, and and then you take advantage of them. Yeah, and look, that's I don't see you do. Yeah, I don't need to be in front. I just, I just need to, um, I just need to be able to run with the bulls. So when we look at people that are in trade genius, um, what I've heard from some of my audience is a lot of them have turned this into a second income. It, 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 can it, can it ever turn into a first income? Yeah, yeah. You know, you trade a little bit differently if, if you have to live off this money. So you're a little bit more conservative. You do more uh, what's called sold calls and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, look, people making money every day. Money's money. You know, first income, second income, third income. You know, if you, you want to monetize an asset or your talent or your time, you're, you're going to get a you're going to get a good return on your investment with Trade Genius. So. Uh, you can turn small amounts of money into larger amounts of money over time. You know, in fact, I was just counseling somebody this morning that's going to do early retirement, and um, you know, he was asking what are what are reasonable assumptions in terms of of you know returns and stuff like that. And you know, it all depends on how much time you give it. But but you know, if you make a hundred dollars a day, you're making twenty thousand dollars a year, Dave. You make five hundred dollars a day, you're making a hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. So. You know, so those opportunities are up front, and you can yep. grind that kind of that, that kind of savings all the time. Absolutely, this this is why this makes so much sense. So let me give the essentials out before we close today, folks. Because if you're looking for an opportunity, this is it. Uh, coupon code is winter to get the uh, discount that we talked about, and that'll certainly be present when we publish this on the website. We'll put all the details, um, and you have until Saturday night to get the savings on the entry point to get into Trade Genius which are the bundled, non-bundled items, which are their education materials. Bob, this has been fascinating. It's probably been our best interview, but I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, folks, I'd really encourage you to check out Trade Genius. Go to tradelikeagenius.com. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, th th thanks for having me. Have a good one. You too.